Thanks for joining us. Now here's a sample of what you'll hear this week on Kingdom Rock Radio. He's not going to ask you, well, how much money did you make or, or where did you live or how much jewelry did you have? How many cars did you have? How many planes, boats or trains did you have? One question is, did you learn to love? Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you for joining me today for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled, Can We All Get Along? And this is part number four of that series. So if you've not heard part three, two, or one, just log on to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message as well as the entire series. Speaking about today's message, it is subtitled, What's on Your Mind? I'm telling you, my goodness, we had a great time today, and I cannot wait for you to hear this message. I believe it's really going to bless your heart. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's uh, title that asks the question, what's on your mind, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, well, today we're going to continue in the series entitled, um, Can We All Get Along? Can We All Get Along? And, to, and the answer to that question is, yes. We can all get along, but it's going to take us focusing on the love of God and allowing his love to flow in us and through us to the world. Hallelujah. All right. We've been starting. As a matter of fact, let's just start right now with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you in Jesus name for this time that you've gathered, uh, that, that you've allowed us to gather around your rich word. Father, I pray that you would pour out your spirit in such a measure today that your word would uh, be undeniable and that Lord, that your word will become engrafted on the inside of us, that our lives would be changed. We seek you for change, that we would be attuned and aligned with your Holy Spirit. And that today will be a day of changing and, and turning for all of us, a day of great victory and great manifestation. Have your way in us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, can we all get along? This would be part number four in that series. And uh, today's subtitle is, What's on your mind? Or ask the question, What's on your mind? And uh, we're going to find out what that is just shortly. All right. There are two root scriptures that we've been going about uh, these last or at least starting last time and that uh, we want to get into today again. The first one here is in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. Uh, I'm telling you, you need to get in this word and really just meditate on these as God brings them before you again and again and again. Uh, the first one here, again, in Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40, and it says here, Master, which is the great commandment in the law, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Verse 38, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the, com all the law and the prophets. Now let's go over to John 13. John 13. John 13, verses 34 and 35 read like this. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye love one another. By this shall all men know that, you are, uh, that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one another. To another. Amen. All right. So remember, love is the command. Love is the command. 
And I know in my heart that as we stand before the Lord, as we stand before him, he's not going to ask you, well, how much money did you make or, or where did you live or how much jewelry did you have? How many cars did you have? How many planes, boats or trains did you have? One question is, did you learn to love? Did you learn to love? Hallelujah. Did you learn to love? And I'm telling you now, if we're going to be a part and we are a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, we're going to have to realize that the currency of heaven is love. The motivation of heaven is love. Hallelujah. It's the love of God that flows through Jesus Christ. Now, I heard a word this morning around four or five o'clock this morning. Uh, and I want to bring this word to you before we really get into uh, into the meat of the text today. And this is what the word of the Lord said to me. He said, love is not manipulation. Manipulation is not love. Let me say that again. Love that is God's kind of love is not manipulation. Manipulation is not love. It's not it's not godly or lovely to trick, trap, lie, threaten, uh, withhold affection or scheme to get what you want from your spouse, uh, parents, uh, family members, or friends. Love is not self-seeking. Always, it always places the interests of others above itself. It does not continue to bring up past mistakes or failures. The reason or motivation of your action does not justify the means. And that I heard that again, again, again. The reason or motivation for your action does not justify the means. It's just a little lie, Lord. It's just a little, little that. It doesn't matter. The reason or your motivation does not justify the means. When have you ever felt that Jesus has ever tricked you, trapped you, lied to you or threatened you or withheld affection from you or schemed to get you to do what he wanted you to do. Never. That's not love. Hallelujah. We're living in an age where children try to manipulate their parents to get something. That's not love. We're living in an age where husbands try to manipulate wives and wives try to manipulate husbands. That's not love. Hallelujah. That's not the love of God that flows through Jesus Christ. So regardless of what the reason is, I'm manipulating him. I'm, I'm just lying to, to her. I'm lying to him just so that they can do this and that and the other. No, I don't care what your reason is. That's not of God. Hallelujah. Let me show you what love is. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. Let's look at this out of the New Living Translation. Look at what love is. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. Love does not demand its own way. Say that with me. Love does not demand its own way. It is not, what's that word? Irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice 
about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. If you feel that you have, when something bad happens to somebody and you feel, yeah, I'm glad they got it, that's not God. That's not God. You're of another spirit when that happens. I can't stand them. I'm glad they got fired. That's not of God. That's demonic. That's satanic. That's not of the kingdom of God. That's not of the kingdom of heaven. Are you hearing? You see, the more we, the more we focus on being like Christ, the more we become like him, and the more you will enter into uh, kingdom of heaven things, heavenly things, the more you walk into heavenly atmospheres, the more God will endue you with power and authority over this natural world. Are you hearing? Grab a hold of this. It says again, verse six, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It always, it rather is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Hallelujah. So I want you to see yourself. We need to examine ourselves against the mirror of God's word. Now, I want you to know this morning, uh, again, love is not manipulation. It is not self-seeking. It is not self-seeking. It does not manipulate to get its, uh, rather, to get its own way. It does not manipulate others to get its own way. Hallelujah. So if you ever find yourself in that position, it's time to stop. It's time to repent. I would advise every husband, go to your wife. Wife, go to your husband. Children, go to your parents. If you've ever found this in you, when you try to do something to have your way, understand something that is not godly. And that is a door that has been opened. We need to shut that door. Close it. Seal it with the blood of Jesus. Amen. I'm not getting a lot of talk this morning. But let's go back now. We're in part number four of, the, of this message uh, of the series entitled, Can We All Get Along? And, and uh, let's go ahead and go here. So uh, today we're looking again at this subtitle of uh, what's on your mind. What's on your mind? Hallelujah. If you find yourself as well um, feeling ashamed or feeling shame or guilty, the Father's arms open wide. You can come before him and you can repent. There is forgiveness, love, and mercy for you. Hallelujah. There's forgiveness, love, and mercy for you. As the Lord was giving me this word this morning and really dealing with, dealing with me about this entire subject, this entire series, many times I have to fall down on my knees before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent, Father. I turn from this. I turn from that in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing? All right. So I'm telling you, it's just like an alarm. It's just like a fire truck going by. Sometimes it's an emergency and we have to deal with things right away. When you hear the sirens, that means you have to deal with this right away. Amen. Hallelujah. Someone's in trouble and we pray for them today in Jesus name. Let's go back to Matthew. Matthew uh, 18 verses 1 through 4. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So we need to run. You ready? So we started on this last week. On last week. It says in verse number 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? 
And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, we, we began to say this on last week, that the, the kingdom of heaven is a big deal. It's huge. Now, I'm not just talking about where we go after we die. We're going to heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If your view of heaven is restricted to a far off place, then you've missed it. There is so much more to the benefits of heaven uh, than there is after you die, than some retirement home. Hallelujah. So if, we, if you, when you look at heaven, if you think about a retirement home, a place for you to go after you die, and that's all you see of heaven, then we have missed the whole teaching. Jesus talks about entering into the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven talks about not just the place up yonder, but it's right here and right now. It's the atmosphere that surrounds our king. We can enter into heavenly places right here and right now. Don't you know that we talked about this as well, that even in the model prayer, the Lord Jesus instructed us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is where? In heaven. So it's the Father's desire for heaven to be revealed right here and right now. Amen. Hallelujah. You and I cannot control what people do. We, we cannot control what people say. But so we can't control uh, what, they, what they think. So we can't control the atmospheres that they give out, but we can steward the atmosphere that's around us. That's in our home. That's everywhere we go. Does that make sense? We can declare that heaven comes everywhere we go. I declare that heaven has come every time I go, uh, maybe uh, especially to the dentist's office. Oh, my Jesus. I declare that heaven is here. Heaven is at hand and heaven is here. Hallelujah. When I'm going into, un, uh, into, into places of pain and torment, when I'm going into the nursing home or hospitals, I declare that heaven is at hand and heaven is here. Hallelujah. I carry the atmosphere with me. Hallelujah. And things in the atmosphere begin to change. We're going to live and God has accounted us to live a supernatural life. Hallelujah. We don't have to be subject to the things of this world. He told us to pray his kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth. That is in us and the places around us, the planet globally as it is in heaven. His will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. You and I are meant to live in heaven right now into heavenly places in heaven reality, heavenly realities right now. Now you can see that often in the negative. You can see that in negative people say, oh, boy, I, I hate to live in hell and then die, die and go to hell. There are pockets of hell here on earth. And some of us have experienced uh, hell on earth, torment on earth. 
So much pain, so much persecution, so much worry and anxiety and just torment, torment, torment all in your life and all around your life. And you would say, oh, I'm in hell, I'm in hell, I'm in hell. But if that's possible for the bad, don't you know it's also possible for the good? Sometimes we have more faith in the, in the, in the devil than you do in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So heaven is accounted to us right now as citizens of heaven. It's accounted unto us right now, not just when we go there, not just when we die and go there. Hallelujah. Dying and going to your final resting place. That's a side benefit. Glory to God. It's a great benefit. Hallelujah. I'll die and go there. But I want to live in it now. And this is what we're talking about here. So the Lord said here, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about right now, entering into it right now. Not just up yonder somewhere. Now, here again, the kingdom of heaven is a big deal, especially written there in the book of um, Matthew. uh, The term kingdom of heaven is written about 32 times in the book of Matthew. And um, and here in the the 18th chapter is written about four is written four times as Jesus speaks about the kingdom of heaven quite a lot of times, a whole lot. Now, I want to show you the kingdom of heaven as we look in uh, Matthew Matthew third chapter, uh, verses one and two, you'll find that when John the Baptist came, he came preaching in verse number two, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was the message that, that John carried. God gave it to John. Repent, turn. In other words, change your mind, change your mind. Remember, uh, as the Lord said, this, this is not, uh, in our notes here. The Lord talked about it. Now, John three, Uh, John, the third chapter, he told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, unless you are uh, born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. You can't enter into it unless you are born again. Entering into the kingdom of God uh, talks about a spiritual experience. It's something that happens internally as God changes your spirit man, Uh, not recreating, but he creates in you a new being altogether. You are born again. You are twice born, born of the womb of the spirit. All right. So you enter into the kingdom of God through the born again experience and you enter into the kingdom of heaven by allowing yourself to be converted in your soul. Entering into the kingdom of God is a spiritual experience, but entering into the kingdom of heaven is a soulless experience. God, uh, he reshapes your thinking and he reshapes your, your mind. We attune ourselves to the will and to the mindset of Christ. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. So in order to enter in, we've got to allow this to allow our minds, to allow our wills to be attuned to that of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to have to call some ways that we've been doing them, call them wrong, incorrect, or incomplete, and de- declare that what Jesus has said is the right way, it's the complete way, is the perfect way, and we're going to have to go after what he says. Hallelujah. When you deny yourself and take up your cross, understand something. Yes, that is spiritual, but it has also something to do with your soul. Because you are denying you. You are denying denying your own fleshly appetites and you're following the pursuits of Christ. Hallelujah. So this is a process. 
So John the Baptist came with that message. And then also in Matthew, the fourth chapter, very next chapter over, uh, Jesus came and proclaimed the message in verse number 17. It says from that time, uh, Jesus began to preach, uh, to preach and to say, repent. That is change your mind, change your attitude because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Are you hearing repentance, a changing of mind, a changing of thinking that always proceeds entering into the kingdom of heaven. Just like he said here in Matthew 18 chapter, except you be converted. That's a change of mind, change of attitude, change of life and become as little children. You cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus also tells his disciples to preach the same message in uh, Matthew, the 10th chapter, Matthew 10. Uh, look at verse number seven and eight. It says, and as you go, Jesus telling his disciples, as you go, preach saying what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what are the results of the kingdom of heaven being at hand, being near, being present? What are the results? He says what? Heal the sick. Cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Now let me remind you again, the kingdom of heaven has to do with the character of the behavior and nature of its king, the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the atmosphere that surrounds him. It's the atmosphere that surrounds him. And it's the atmosphere that is meant to surround his body, the body of Christ, the church. Hallelujah. So thus the kingdom of thus to enter the kingdom of heaven means to align ourselves, align our, our mindset, our, our thinking uh, to that of the king. And as we are aligned to his thinking, as we say yes to his will, to yes to his desires, we begin to flow and operate in his authority, uh, in kingdom authority, kingdom power, and in kingdom resources. You begin to do these supernatural things. Hallelujah. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out level, uh, uh, um, cast out devils. Uh, we began to see these things. We began to see how our families will be, are, are being brought back together. We begin to see how we change, our families change, our relationships change, our community change, because we as kingdom citizens are now here in the earth carrying the presence of God with us, carrying the atmosphere of heaven with us. Now, as we get into this and really allow the Holy Spirit to, to manifest his presence in us, you will find that you will be in more of a demand because the godless or those that do not have the revelation of the kingdom of heaven, that don't have the revelation of full sonship, they will come to you asking for advice, asking for wisdom, asking for a word from God, asking for prayer. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. You see, because it's, it's, it's really... <laughs> It's up to us as kings in the earth, as God's ambassadors. You'll see what's going to happen is that we're meant to partner with the school board, partner with the police department, partner with the fire department, partner with defects, partnering with them. Why? Because we carry heaven with us. We carry the wisdom of God with us and we can speak into their lives. Someone is kidnapped. We don't know where they are. Man, woman of God, can you tell me what is God saying? Yes, they're in house so-and-so, so-and-so. We need to know what to do with the school system, with the gangs, with the gang situations. Man, man of God, woman of God, can you tell me what is God saying? What is God saying about this? Getting advice and wisdom from God to share it with the world. Amen. Yes. Yes. 
We are his children, his ambassadors right here in the earth. God lives on the inside of us. But so often we can take these things for granted and not realize who we really are. Are you hearing? So let's go back now. We're going to go back into Matthew 18 chapter. I want to show you some things here. Because Jesus begins to go further and he talks about really in Matthew 18, he talks about really a radical mindset, a radical shifting. He talks about being offended and offense. And let's look at this in verse number uh, eight and nine. As he talks about offense, he's talking about stumbling blocks that cause us to sin or to fall away from the kingdom of heaven. Verse number eight says this. Matthew 18, verse 8, it says, Wherefore, if thy right, rather, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, do what to it? Cut it off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life, halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Verse 9, and if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into a life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. He's not saying let's uh, mutilate ourselves because listen, you say, well, I, I got a problem with gambling. So let me cut off my hands. Let me cut off my hands. What's that going to what's that going to do? You still go to a slot machine and say, hey, hey, buddy, can you pull that for me? Unless I check, even if you say I, I, I got a problem with lust, I keep looking at women, I got a problem with lust. I'm sure even blind people got a lust problem. You see, you don't need your eyes, these physical eyes, to see somebody naked. They don't even have to be in the room. So basically he's saying, take the offensive thing from you. Be aggressive at taking this out of your life. This is a radical move. This is a, a radical change because the kingdom of heaven is just that valuable. Are you hearing? Be aggressive. Ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, please reveal to me anything in my life that is offensive to you. Please reveal to me the things in my life that are causing me to stumble that are causing me uh, any, any wrong desires or wrong focus in, focuses in me that are causing me to stumble, any relationships that are causing me to stumble, that are causing me to fall away from your kingdom, from the kingdom of heaven, that are causing me, uh, that are causing me to be disqualified in so many ways of being used of you greatly. This is a radical change. Now, he says that, then he goes down to um, uh, verse 18. Look at this. He says here, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Look at that same verse out of the Amplified Bible, classic edition, uh, classic edition. I want you to hear the true, interp true interpretation of this verse. It says, truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper, and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven and whatever you 
permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. So if we look back at this, the Lord is talking about uh, disputes within the within the local church or, the, or within the fellowship. Disputes among different believers. And they say the first thing he says, well, if they have a problem with you, you got a problem with them. You go and tell them their fault. Uh, just the two of you. If they won't hear you, then gather a few other people and y'all go and talk to him. If he won't hear you or them, then take it over to the church. Talk, take it to the elders of the church. If they won't hear the church, then treat them or, or declare them to be as, um, as, as a heathen, as a tax collector, heathen publican. In other words, those who need Christ. Because how did Jesus treat the heathen, the tax collector, the publican? He loved them. He sat at meet with him. Zacchaeus was a, a tax collector. He sat, he went over to his house and he sat with him and he talked to them. He didn't isolate them or cast them aside. Are you hearing? So the principle here is whatever you declare to be unlawful, that is offensive to you, that is coming against you, that thing must already be unlawful in heaven. This is how you will have authority. You're not creating new laws or new principles. You are establishing on earth what is already established in heaven. Somebody's getting that. The Lord said here again, whatever you declare to be unlawful, not to be permitted, must not be, uh, must not be called basically lawful and permitted heaven. If the Lord says that um, here again, uh, sickness, we know sickness is not permitted in heaven. So therefore, we can bind sickness and declare it to be unlawful and not permitted here in the earth. When you do that, now you have heaven's weight and heaven's backing on that. We can, do, we can speak to uh, poverty. Poverty is not permitted in heaven. You don't see it in heavenly places. And because it's not permitted there, we can declare it is not permitted here. And then we can also get agreement one with another. I can go to you and, and we can declare it together. We can come as a church and declare it together. And at the same time, we can declare what is lawful in heaven. Prosperity and healing is, is, uh, is permitted in heaven. Holiness, godliness is permitted in heaven. So we can declare that to be permitted and lawful in the earth, in us, in our lives, in our homes, everywhere we dwell. This is how we carry the atmosphere of heaven with us. Yes. Hallelujah. But if you declare it to be lawful, if you declare these wrong things to be lawful in your life, and God has already said, no, it's not lawful, it's not lawful, it's not permitted. But we say, yes, it's lawful, it's permitted. You'll see that your, work, your words will have no weight whatsoever. Make sense? Y'all help me today now. You help me today. Feel like I'm struggling a little bit today. All right, now this is not the first time, this is not the first time that this concept of binding and loosening is mentioned in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, we'll see it also, this same terminology here in Matthew, uh, the 16th chapter, Matthew 16. Let's look at verse 18 and 19. It says here, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now look at verse 8, 19. It says, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. 
And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. It's the same terminology. And this also deals with offenses, things coming at you, things causing you to stumble, things that are causing you to fall away from the kingdom of heaven, from kingdom-oriented things or heavenly things. The Lord said you have the ability to speak to them, to declare what is lawful and declare what is unlawful. Now, even in our society today, if you declare something unlawful or something that is against the law and you bring the attention uh, of the law officials, you bring the attention of the law enforcement to it. You say, hey, that's not lawful. If, if I were to go uh, to the police department and, and talk, to, or talk to a policeman and say, hey, every morning at five o'clock, uh, people just ignore this four-way stop. They just run right through it. They just run right through it. I declare that to be unlawful. Why do I declare that to be unlawful? Because I've read the driver's manual and the laws of the state of Georgia say you have to make a complete stop at the stop sign. Now, I can tell the drivers this is unlawful. That's unlawful. But if they don't hear me, I can go and tell the one hallelujah that wears a badge and gun and then they'll sit there with their police cruiser and watch and when someone uh, because I brought their attention to it I brought their attention of the laws of what is written and now what is written is now being enforced in that area then anyone that breaks the law in that area under their super, under their supervision begins to get penalized Amen. Amen. are you hearing Amen. but first it must be declared it must be declared. Sickness is unlawful in my home. It is not permitted in my home. I tell my father, father, sickness is unlawful. It is not authorized in my home. It is not authorized. Poverty is not authorized. It is not lawful in my home. It is not lawful around me. And I declare it right now in Jesus' name to be bound in Jesus' name. And then the officials, the angels begin to get involved with that. And at the same time, I can say uh, that joy is authorized in heaven. Hallelujah. I can say that peace is authorized in heaven. Healing and deliverance is authorized in heaven. I receive it now. I declare it to be lawful. It is lawful in heaven. And I declare it to be lawful here in the earth. And what happens? The angels begin to get involved. Hallelujah. And in, in anything that is disrupting the will of the Father begins to be, um, begins to be subdued. Is that making sense to you? You hold that authority. You hold that authority. But first you must be converted and become as a child. You've got to change your mind. Hallelujah. Peter got this when he began to say who Jesus really was. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. See, if things begin to happen and continue to happen around you, it's because you've been keeping your mouth shut. If tormenting things are happening to you and around you, it's because you've been keeping your mouth shut. You say, oh, no, I've been telling them, I've been, te I've been telling them my mind. They know this and that and the other. Yeah, but you're talking to the wrong people. You're talking to people that have nothing to do with this. You need to be releasing it. Releasing it in the atmosphere, releasing it in prayer. Talking to one that has authority. Does that make sense? Got to be closing out now. Now, I want you to see something here. As it goes on down, look at verse number. Um, we're going to be looking at verse 19. Now, it says, and again, again, I say unto you that if two of you agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. 
That is here again, the same context. You and I are asking, you and I are declaring. And who is doing the work? The father's doing the work. The one who put the law in motion, he is doing the work. If hell or torment continues to surface in your life and you're having continually having difficulties, it's because you have not been speaking. You have not been declaring. I'm not telling you now that some of these things will happen overnight, but I'm telling you that as you stand firm upon what God said, and if you cannot find it in heaven, that means that it's not supposed to be a part of your life. Let me say that again. If you cannot find it in heaven, if you cannot find it in the presence of God, it's not supposed to be happening in your life. Everything that you can find in heaven and everything that you can find in the presence of God, it's supposed to be happening in your life. And we must declare this and declare this and declare this until manifestation takes place. Hallelujah. So again, you can get agreement with someone. And then the power, God, our father will back this thing up. He says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Then it gets a little touchy because you will find something here that as Jesus talks about this agreement, as he talks about being a child and he talks about the stumbling blocks, you know, hey, if your brother offends, if your brother offends you, hey, go and talk to him and so forth and so on. The power is in the agreement. The power is in the agreement. Now, Peter has something else on his mind. And we see here in verse 21, then came Peter uh, to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times. This is a contrary thought. This thought is not found in the kingdom. The question should not be how often should I forgive him? Are you hearing me? He asked the question, how often shall I forgive my brother? If my brother sins against me, how often should I forgive? That is not a kingdom fault. How do I know that? Because God does not keep score of your sins and offenses. He does not tell you, I won't forgive you after the 99th time. I refuse to forgive you after 1,000th time. No, every time you come to him, every time you come to Christ, you're always met with forgiveness. So this is a competing fault, something that does not belong in the kingdom of God. And he's probably think he's being generous till seven times. Seven is a complete number. Surely because, you know, on the eighth time, Lord, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? On the eighth time, I, I have a right not to forgive you. But this is not a kingdom fault. Can you see this? This is a competing fault. Because every time we go to our father for forgiveness, he always grants it. Every single time. So Jesus has to set him straight. He has to set him straight. And I'm thankful that we'll be able to get into that the next time that we come together. I pray you've heard the word of God today. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. I look forward to getting that getting into that with you on next time. You're welcome to read ahead. Hallelujah. It's in your book. It's in your Bible. There are some things that you're going to see next week that I pray that you've never seen before. Things that will also be confirmed in your hearing. The, the fault of the kingdom, the currency of the kingdom 
is love. Is love. Love will never fail. Love will never run out. Love. Where you love those that don't look like you. You love those that are not a part of your, uh, not in the same shape economically as you. Maybe they have more, maybe they have less. Love, the language of the kingdom, the currency of the kingdom is love. Love. And if you're flowing in love, then you'll also understand that you'll be flowing in the power of God. Jesus was moved with compassion to heal and to deliver. And I pray today that you would allow yourself to be converted and let go of the things of the past. Let go of our false thinking and receive what Jesus has to say. Because only then will you truly enter into heavenly places. That is where we are meant to be as we are meant to bring heaven with us everywhere we go. Now, I think I mentioned this on Wednesday night. We are meant to be uh, really terraformers. Terraformers, not terror as in horror movie terror. <laughs> no, we're meant to be terraformers. In other words, the place where we live should become like the place that we're going to live. That makes sense? The place where you live, the place where you dwell, every place, the, every place your foot uh, strikes is meant to be a heavenly place. You're not meant to live in hell. You're meant to live in heaven. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray, Father, that the full revelation and knowledge of your word would begin to just soak into our hearts. And Father, I thank you that today is a day of victory and today is a day of turning. We look not to the circumstances or situations. We look to you. Because what we see can oftentimes be lying to us and it's, it's not real. We thank you, Lord, for the victory that you've granted us today through Jesus Christ and that your word has been shed abroad to your people and that they have entered into a closer, intimate walking relationship with you. Father, I pray that you would guide us in times of prayer and the Holy Spirit that you would continue to convict us of every area that is out of alignment with the mindset and thinking of Christ, that we will be like Jesus and receive all that you have for us today. We love you so much and we thank you in Jesus' name. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.